listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. So, RJ, Tom Brady may not be happy about the new relaxing of the jersey number rules in the NFL and what it will mean to defenses and what he will be looking at coming up on Sundays in the upcoming season. But he can be happy about the fact that they are defending Super Bowl champions, which brings up the question, what are the odds for next season? Yeah, because as a Vegas guy, there's different kinds of Vegas guys. There's the guys that are super sharp, and they understand the nuances that even a normal batter doesn't. So if they play a zone with this guy out in the third quarter, they're going to be in trouble because of the rotations, you know, that kind of stuff. Those guys are super valuable. They don't necessarily do great radio, but if you're trying to win, they're super valuable. Now, there's the other kind of guys and there's, there's a big group. There's more than just two groups. But another group is the guys that understand the way the average batter bets and exploits that. And if you like that sp- approach, you usually are an NFL batter because the public has more say. They dictate the NFL lines more because there's just more of the public that bets the NFL. And the bigger percentage of the overall handle that's from the public, the more that you can fade that and win. And I'm an NFL specialist. And the big chunk of what I do, it's not that I understand the tight ends and all that. I understand the public and I know when to fade them. And it's a strong suit. And I'm shocked as a specialist in that area that Kansas City is still favored to win the Super Bowl over Tampa in most spots. If you think about it, it's the perfect storm. And let me ask you if you agree with this. It's the perfect storm of... You have the GOAT, and I've never remembered a time, and I've been watching the NFL since 1980 when I was 10. I've never remembered a time that it was so clear who the best quarterback of all time was. Maybe, maybe Joe Montana at, at the end, you could say that that he had, but John Elway, was it was close. And Marino, it was always like Marino didn't do, uh, you know, win as much, but he was the most talented. Like there was all that. And then as years have gone by, there's been the other people that got involved. I mean, right now, does anyone debate that it's Brady? It's not even a debate, right? No, I don't. I don't think. Well, I mean, anybody that's you yeah, know, using same. logic. Yeah, I mean, it's it. I, it feels like it was pretty much a done deal after they beat the Falcons and that comeback. That comeback, yeah, yeah. And, and then you add the Tampa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. And the Tampa one being so yes. you know prominent, and so you got that guy still quarterbacking, and you have the defending champions. That's always going to get money, right? Because we just saw him win. And the fact that they were hearing run it back, they've got everyone back, which is true, right? So it's like if there's ever a time that there'd be like this groundswell of support, it's going to be this year's Tampa team has all of the elements to have massive public support. On the other hand, you got Kansas City, a team you could make the case has fallen short in the biggest games, meaning there was the D Ford's offside game that they could have won. They didn't. Brady beat them. And then it was like, okay, they won the Super Bowl, but they got lucky. If it just Jimmy G had completed one pass, you know, you could make that case. And then it was, they just get beat again by Tom Brady again. It's like Brady's, you know, killing them. And it's, it's like Mahomes is a guy that for some reason, and we got to be honest with ourselves about this, he resonates with people in a way I don't fully understand. 
I under, and I, I'd like to hear what you think because on one hand, I get why kids love them, right? The behind the back, that you know, it's it's kind of got that you know basketball guys like you know the kind of guys that like Allen Iverson, like kids loved him because yeah. he did things that kids kind of wish as a superhero could do, and I could see Mahomes is like that, but the kids aren't betting. Right. So do you have any sense of why, like, what would the case be that Kansas City has a better chance to, f- for the public? Meaning I can see a nuanced case that, hey, KC had their own line beat up. If it wasn't for that, maybe they beat Tampa. But for the average batter, how in the heck are more average batters betting Kansas City to win the Super Bowl than Tampa? Does it make any sense to you? I think my only guess would be because I think. Tampa Bay's got a, a better chance to go to the Super Bowl than Kansas City does. I mean, and I, I personally don't think it's close. I would, if you ask me who I think is going to get back to a Super Bowl more likely, Tampa Bay or Kansas City, I would say Tampa Bay. But is I, that about how good they are, or about the AFC versus the NFC? I think it's AFC versus NFC, and and I just, for me, Kansas City. I, I don't. There, there were times last year. It wasn't just the Super Bowl. There were times last year where it was kind of like, eh. I mean, they're winning these games. They but went like eight games in a row and didn't cover, right? Yeah. Or nine, yeah. And so it's not like they were just dominant and blowing teams out and they were the 2017 uh, or 2007 Patriots. I just – I have serious questions about what they're going to look like next year. At some point, somebody's going to figure them out. I just wonder if that happened in the Super Bowl. And I wonder if the love for Kansas City is because there's a feeling that Patrick Mahomes, the distance between him and every other quarterback in the NFL is really, really significant. And I, th- and I wonder if that's where they're – they're missing this with with Kansas City because I don't think it's that significant. Let's even question that about the distance because unequivocally Aaron Rodgers had a better year last year. Yes. You could make the case that Deshaun Watson did. And a lot of people don't see that yeah. clearly. And you could also make the case that uh um uh Josh, Josh Allen, Allen did yep. in Buffalo. Yep. So to me if you're the fourth best quarterback potentially in a given year, it's hard to say there's that much. I mean, maybe with – and this is back to the old Nick Wright and this sense of like Mahomes is this next level level talent. And maybe he is. I don't know. But at some point, you'd have to see it on the field. Now, what we've seen is a really good, if not great, quarterback. We haven't seen one that's like taking the game to another place. And it, though he there's certain plays he can do with his arm strength and mobility that is unique – but when you add it all up, 95% of the time he's doing what everyone else is doing. The question is, is he doing it better or not? And he certainly, Mahomes, doing it in the top tier. But he didn't do it clearly better than at least three other quarterbacks last year. I don't understand it. Like, and, and I totally get why Kansas City would be second. Like, You could see them say that, yeah, even though you can maybe say this is bad and this is bad, but they got Mahomes, they got Hill. But the idea that this all-star team of Tampa that dominated Kansas City in the Super Bowl is coming back with everybody. And still it's like, nah, that's not who. And this is, again, Barney at the bar is the guy who's the average better saying, you know, I think Kansas City still and Tampa would be second for me. It really befuddles me. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Right now, finally, at the Sharper Books, they've converged. So right now, Kansas City is in the 6-1 to one range and Tampa Bay 
is in the six to one range. And that's the first time that's been the case that Kansas City has been the clear favorite pretty much the entire year at, or offseason. And now it's starting to inch towards them being even Tampa and Kansas City. And still at the square shops, the sports books that take mostly square bets, recreational batters, Kansas City is still favored and Tampa second. At the sharper books, the ones that take the big bets, it's pretty much tied now. So I find it to be fascinating that still in the square books, it's it's Kansas City over Tampa. Now, as we look towards the season, 17 games this year, and uh, Dan Orlowski on Get Up was talking about uh, Bucks have a real shot of going 17 and 0. I guess he said 16 and 0 looks like in the quote. But um, if you actually look at the games they're favored in, they're going to be clearly favored Tampa in 16 of the 17 games. Um, the two of the closer games is going to be at Indianapolis. They should be a clear favorite in that game. Um, Mackenzie, there was one more. Uh, so the Rams game, I think they might not be favored. What was the other game? Oh, oh the, at the Saints, you were saying, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. That's okay. Right. Yeah. Is at the Saints is still probably Tampa a, a favor? The one game I questioned, and I'd be interested to hear, Jonas, what you think the line would be, Tampa at the Rams. Uh, I personally think the Rams might be a small favor. Yeah. Fezzik said Tampa favored by one. What do you think? Yeah, I think it'll. I think it'll be close. I, I don't think it'll be uh, higher than one either side. Yeah, whether it's yeah. Tampa or or uh, or the Rams. Yeah, that one will be close. And remember, the theory is there's going to be, if not max capacity, many many more fans this year. Yeah. So home field would mean more. But I tell you, it just is another example. If you have a team, Tampa, that won't be a clear underdog in any game, like you said, that Rams game is going to be tight probably, and we don't know about injuries, but the projection, then my oh my, the idea that Kansas City's better than them, it, again, it, it also seems crazy. So it, what odds would I need to give you, last question, on Tampa <laughs> to go undefeated? Oh, man. Um, 100 to 1? Okay, hundred to one, I would do Tampa to go on. I mean, but it's just, it's not happening. So five dollars to win five hundred, I'll book it. Yeah, we could do five bucks. All right, because uh, I'll just get a Subway sandwich next time we're together. <laughs> is and imagine if they go undefeated. I mean, I'm gonna have to pay him five hundred. I'm not sure that was a smart move. But Fezzik actually calculated the odds being two hundred and forty to one of going seventeen and zero. So I'm like the bookie here. I get to lay 100 to, uh, 100 to win one or 500 to win five. Jonas feels happy because it's a jumbo payout, but the odds are on my side. That is why bookies make money because Jonas is right to think, hey, it's five bucks. What's the difference? Right? You add it up. It doesn't really matter. But if I win, it's going to make me happy. Yes. Right? <laughs> and, and that's especially taking it from me. Come on. It's like, well, it's like a lottery ticket almost. <laughs> And that's why lotteries are the worst bets in the world, but people love them because think they keep half of the money, then they tax you on the other half. So <laughs> so it's like literally you get 25 cents on the dollar, but if it's a big enough amount, everyone's fine with it. And the one thing I was going to say, and you mentioned the Patrick Mahomes stuff, if we're going to be honest about Mahomes in the Super Bowl, he's played eight quarters in the Super Bowl and he's been outplayed in seven of them. 
I think you're right. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo was outplaying him in the first Super Bowl, and Tom Brady completely outplayed him in the in the second Super Bowl. So it's not like he shows up, as you pointed out, on these big stages and just turns and just continues to be a superstar. There's been some really dips in, in performance for him on those stages, and for whatever reason, those don't get talked about. Now, the other side of the equation could be. Oh, the line was so beat up. He actually played a good game. Like people, that's the dangerous thing about subjective spin is if you don't know when you're doing it, you can spin yourself into infinity, and there's no rhyme or reason left. And and I do think the, that Mahomes didn't play as badly as it seemed because of that O line. But the idea that he played well, I don't agree with that either. Straight out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If people listened to this show and they did the right thing, they would have known that you gave out the Phoenix Suns to win the Pacific Division weeks ago. And right now the Suns are in the midst of a five-game East Coast road trip. They are already 2-0 and with another win coming last night at Philadelphia, 116-113 the final. And remember, we gave it out 12 to 1 odds on this baby. Now, the question is, are we going to hedge? And we've been debating it. I'm not a hedging guy, right? So hedging is you bet one way, and then you bet the other way to lock in a profit. The thing about hedging is, if that second bet's not a good bet by itself, you're giving some of your profit effectively back because you're making a bad bet. And the bookies love that. They want you to do that. I don't like to do what the bookies like, but we may, may do some hedging, but we'll keep you updated. Stay tuned. Now, looking at that game last night, it was a battle. I mean, uh, Philadelphia had a number of players out and, and one takeaway I think that we got to get straight right now is in this year in which there's so many players sitting and it's weird because it doesn't even, it's one thing to be injured. But they're resting sometimes in games that really are the biggest games. It's almost like they're trying to avoid the tough games, which I hate that as a fan. But when one of the key players does play one of the games that others are resting, the key player tends to play extra hard. Remember, a couple days ago, Jonas, it was Brooklyn was at New Orleans, and they were Brooklyn was plus three. And I said, Kyrie's just going to show how good he is. Kyrie went over the point total. Brooklyn ended up winning. Last night, we were taping a podcast, and we saw Embiid was playing, but the other key guys for Philly wasn't. I said, well, what's Embiid's over-under? I thought it'd be like 36. It was like 30 and a half. I go, oh, over. Because if Embiid's playing, he's going to play. He's going right. to show. How, and he he ended up putting up, you know, what, 38 or whatever. Yeah. And what's fascinating, though, is Chris Paul. You're starting to hear talk about Chris Paul. Should he win the or be part of the MVP conversation? McKenzie in research, he really identified something that I think is important here. And if you look at the stat line, McKenzie, last, of the uh, game last night, it is a great example of your theory. Exactly right. We talk about Embiid, MVP favorite. He scored 38 last night. Well, Chris he's Paul, the second favorite behind Jokic, but yes. 
Yeah. And Chris Paul had a great game, too, 28 points. But if you look dig deeper into the numbers, it's about the mistakes you don't make. Chris Paul, zero turnovers. Joel Embiid, eight turnovers. That was the difference in the game. We were talking about Brady earlier. It's about the mistakes you don't make all, all the time besides yeah. these games. Yeah, and I think he's right. Is We talked about this recently, as you recall, Jonas, is Brady – it's for him. It's the mistakes you don't make is when the stakes are high, and you know the higher the stakes, the worse mistakes. Oh, that's interesting. So <laughs> I never heard that before. That's pretty good. Is so in general, I think the Suns are a story, and everyone wants to dismiss them, and maybe so for the playoffs. But what a year! And tonight, though, we got a game with the Lakers that uh, is more important than usual. Yeah, and it's the Lakers with the return of Anthony Davis coming up later on tonight. It's the second half of the doubleheader on TNT. Lakers at the Mavs. Right now, Dallas is a three-point favorite on pregame.com. Yeah, so how much is Anthony Davis worth? About four points per game if he's healthy and if he's going to play the whole game or a normal amount of minutes. And what we're seeing here is that they're not even putting up they're not even putting up anywhere a over-under on points for Anthony Davis because there's so much uncertainty about how many minutes he's going to play. So one warning I would give you is as you're adjusting for Anthony Davis being on the Lakers, watch his minutes. And until he gets back to normal minutes, you've got to only take a fraction of whatever he's worth. Maybe it's 80% or 70% if he's only going to play 80 or 70% of the minutes. Tonight, there's so much uncertainty about the number of minutes from Anthony Davis. The better the bookies don't even have up and over under in points. So be careful with your assumptions in this game. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.